call is now being recorded. <laughs> Sorry, it's perfect. perfect. All right, welcome to the Needle to the Groove podcast with DJ Herc and Aurelius. We got some uh, hey. crazy ass sounds going on back there. <laughs> What's up, Aurelius? So uh, today we're going to talk about uh, Run DMC and their 1985 album King of Rock. It's their sophomore LP, and my brief take on on it before we get into the tracks is that it's really the first, and some might say the most successful fusion of rock and rap. And I don't know if anyone's done it better since um there have been many attempts but uh it's pretty seamless and the album just uh, attacks you from the from the gate um it's nothing but raw power and volume like it's a very loud album i i noticed uh when i was reviewing it uh, recently you can you can turn it way up (laughs) and it's a it was a real uh, hip hop breakthrough. It uh, from track one to track nine, it, it never lets go. That's uh, that's my brief initial uh, take on it. Going back, uh, what now? It's uh, thirty-three years, which is insane. That is insane. It sounds like it sounds like it was recorded yesterday. I think in a lot of ways. It does. Um, I don't know if that's part of uh, like the regain popularity of uh, uh, DMX and 808 drum machines, which are now kind of repopularized. But this is all like almost all strictly Oberheim DMX, like in your face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, big time. Right, not a lot going on other than that. But I mean, there is more. Especially if you compare it to um, their debut, yeah, which was almost all drum tracks and and little snippets of uh, like hard rock guitar. But this right. album kind of pulls out all the stops with that, and you get these like extended riffs, and then you get the keyboards in there, <clears throat> and it's just uh, just a powerhouse. So. Uh, I guess we should get into kind of each track and what we think about it and what's going on to kind of give uh, people a clear idea of of what they might be getting into if they want to go revisit this album or hear it for the first time because I mean it was popular enough Um, the singles were charted fairly well on the R&B charts but they were still pretty underground, even at this point, um, until uh, until their like super world-dominating breakthrough and raising hell. That's right. Right. So the album starts off with uh, a song called "Rock the House," which is uh, it's an interesting choice because it's not really a song. It's more of a like an intro track where you might 
something you might play or, or might be played as an entrance to uh, like a live concert. And I, I think uh, when we saw them back a uh, year earlier, they did do some of that. Not not uh, this song per se, but all of that like Jam Master J intro stuff. Right. Um, where he played for like five minutes before. Uh, yeah, he running kind of warmed up. He came out on stage. Kind of warmed up the crowd for, for them before they came on. Yeah, yeah, very powerful. So it's it's all um, it's all dubbed out, and there's like snippets of lyrics. Yeah. And this is the way we rock the house, right? It right. Off like how this is like, and then it just kind of yeah. goes into these little uh, snippets from from not only the not only the King of Rock song. But I think there's some some sound bites from some from other older songs too. I think you're right. So yeah. They're, so they're kind of looking back at where they came from. Mm-hmm. They're getting the listener ready to for this like crazy explosion that that's about to happen. It's kind of like the right. fuse. Right. And it's a it's a dope it's a dope way to uh, start an album out. Like you don't hear that very often. They exactly. Kind of, um, like it sets it up as being like one piece, you know, like a, this is like not just, these aren't just songs, this is a whole album of tracks that, that they deserve to be listened to as a collection. And exactly. I think that's pretty, that's pretty dope. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I, I think it's cool how it, uh, it kind of ends abruptly and when, once it does end, the, that first line of King of Rock just drops in from out of nowhere and it's, just you know kind of blows your, your your ears off you know like um you know i'm the king of rock you know there's none higher sucker mc you should call me sire and those beats and the guitars and uh yeah it's just uh eddie martinez on guitar um and uh yeah, you were saying something <laughs> earlier you were saying something earlier about uh that opening line about a change that was made can you uh can you get yeah. into that like yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, there was a interview with, with D, DMC, and he told the story of when they recorded King of Rock. He said that the, the actual, that intro line on the King of Rock was, uh, was said at the end of the recording. And when they were in the studio, Russell heard it and he had, he had the engineer stop the tape and he said, uh, he said, "Why don't you uh, cut and splice that to the beginning of the song and, uh, and drop out the music?" And that's exactly what they did, and that's and that's the effect they got uh, to start the that, the, the song. And uh, man, what an amazing effect! Right? Can you imagine if if the song started off like "Now We Rock the Party" and come <laughs> right? Like, like that would be right, cool. Because I bet you that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's interesting how little changes like that can make such a big difference in, in the composition of a track and uh, <clears throat> no doubt man, it just uh, this, this song is just kind of like the gold standard of like what would what was then like the new school of rap <clears throat> because um, nobody had ever heard anything like it no I mean you still have you still have the uh, like the characteristic like loud like booming 
<clears throat> vocals from Run and D that that they kind of pioneered on uh, you know hard times. It's like that, um, but not with this kind of new force. And I think a lot of it had to do with um, like higher production values because the album is certainly louder than than the the uh, the material that came the before. First one. Like yeah. very pumped up. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> so so we go from uh, the King of Rock, where they're declaring their supremacy, right? Right. In the whole game, like and like not just like rap but like music in general like any like king of rock like right definitely uh you definitely feel that like right i'd like to go back and 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 listen to kind of the quote-unquote rock music that that came out at the same time in that yeah like it was like february 1985 so what else was like being released then that would be considered rock and if you can match them up like with the with the hardcore qualities of what they were putting out would with the the quote real rock music like measure up to the power that was being uh, brought forth by by these three guys so that's a good question I don't, and yeah. I don't know it's an interesting it's an interesting thing to like, consider because my guess is that nobody came close for sure <laughs> Um, uh, another another thing I heard in, in an interview with DMT, he said that um, he did King of Rock kind of like um, as a comic book character. He said, uh, you know, uh, uh, crush through ceilings and break down walls, uh, you know, kind of like as if he were some kind of like uh, superhero. And uh, and he said he didn't want to like go up against like puny, uh, you know, but you know. Uh, he said humans but and then he also said other rappers you know puny rappers he said he wanted to take on (laughs) you know the likes of the Beatles and Elvis and you know yeah oh yeah he he made it bigger than life you know the the lyrics uh, of the song he wanted it to be like you know people to picture you know just crazy stuff going on and uh, I'm sure uh, yeah sure did sure did it sure uh, you know uh, painted an awesome picture with that Every jam we play, we break two needles. There's three of us, but we're not the Beatles. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So then we get into uh, the third track, which is great. Um, You talk too much. And it starts off with, like, just the bare drum machine. Like, center stage, that classic Run DMC DMX sound. And then you get these this little like little synth riff coming in, kind of underneath it, and it's really yeah, it's really their first. Uh, it's their I think it's their funniest song on the on the album. Uh, their humor really kind of shines through, dissing like bladdermouth gossips, you know, who are always talking about like who they are and what they're doing, but not really uh, not really coming through with the the proof. Right, right. There's always that that one guy in the room, you know. They can't can't uh, you know can't stop talking. Right. Your mouth is so big, one bite would kill a Big Mac. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. Um, 
And uh, what's interesting about this is that, you know, up until this point, again, we're, we hadn't really reached the, like the epicenter of like um, diss tracks, you know, that kind of stuff. Like in, right. like where there was a bit, like, um, but there were more um, kind of novelty songs like the, uh, like the Roxanne, Roxanne thing. Oh yeah. With UTFO and the real Roxanne going back and forth. It was kind of like a joke. Right. Um, and you know, the, uh, frankly, I can't think of too many other, <clears throat> other rap songs that were like consciously like pointing out the guy in the room who, uh, you know, who was like that, that jerk, you know, like that, yeah. that guy who just never shut up. Yeah. Like, talking about places he's never, never been to and. Spreading yeah. the word like it's your job. You should be a stool pigeon who works for the mob. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's hilarious. So, uh, and then the, that, <clears throat> that reminded me of the, like the keyboard riff that I was talking about. It's like, da 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 Oh, like, yeah. It's all, it's all very, uh, it's all very lively and kind of, kind of, uh, fun, actually. And <clears throat> you don't really, think of uh, I don't know Run DMC is particularly fun I mean they're, it's like they're ready to they're ready to party but they're also always uh, got something to say but they can back it up and that's I think that's right. the difference between like this, you talk too much Daryl's quiet you know Joe's a he's a tough talking like leather-wearing bad guy kind of, you know, who's, like, righteous. DMC right. in the back, you know, like... <laughs> and there's some guy in the room who just won't shut up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so far, so good. I mean, like, you get the intro, you get the lead-off track, you get the funny track, and then... And then we get then, to, uh... Bam! The king, right? The man himself. Jam Master Jammin'. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. How so, many? Okay. How many? Uh, how many people have a DJ track at this point? How many people have a DJ track now? Yeah, that's right. Um, not many. I mean, and I think, I think um, that you know, this was a prototype. Um, I mean, there was like Grandmaster Flash on the wheels of steel. Or flash on the wheels of steel, but I mean that was just he was mixing and he was just cutting it up, you know. This song well, they're sure. actually rapping rapping about him, you know. They're actually uh, well, sure that makes you sense. know it's I a mean, song if, about Jam Master J. Yeah, if Jam Master J was if it was like Jam Master J and Run and DMC, like of course he would have a song about himself, right? Like like right. like Flash, like it was yeah Grandmaster Flash and those other guys. Right, exactly. Right, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, Jay's in the back, <clears throat> like cutting it up, and, uh, you know, barely noticed he's so good. Like, right, that's it all thing about it. together really well, yeah. Um, I like, uh, he's a one man band in his own right, Gem Master Jams of the Broad Daylight. Um, 
he's cutting up sounds the ooze from uh, Billy Squire's Big Beat you can hear him cutting those up in the back um, yeah no it's just it's a solid song cool beat um, I like it man it's, it's awesome yeah there's not a there's not a whole lot to say about it except it's a it's a great feature uh, you know praising their DJ and uh, and you know, right. he just comes through like a like the master like everything everything is just on point Right. All is like cutting and scratching. It's all always very like economical and meaningful. Definitely. Um, because I remember earlier on when when scratching kind of first came to be popular. Yeah. A lot of it. Like, man, if there was a if there was a track with a DJ who could scratch, it was like scratching all over the. Like all over the track. Right? Oh yeah, it was just like the feature. You know, listen to this guy. <laughs> and uh, right. And there's nothing wrong with that, but um, I think what uh, Jade is, he really turned turned the uh, turntables into more of a of a musical instrument in a lot of ways because it was on purpose. It wasn't just to that- show off. In fact, he wasn't he wasn't a show off kind of guy, right? And so it makes it all all that much more uh, powerful when he's um, when he's cutting and scratches. I mean, we remember that like I was talking about the intro where he's like uh, like cutting up on run, 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 run. Yeah, <laughs> like just amazing. Yeah, that that is awesome, man. He could re- he could really uh, you know keep the beat and, and, and cut on point and uh, yeah it's just entertaining and uh, you know just, just mind blowing like you know uh, back then his you know what he was doing was just you know geez I think every everyone wished they could do it you know and and then the, there's another like like one of the last lines in in the, in the track is uh, and when he comes on the crowd goes off it's all hard rock there's nothing soft and that's that's very true like there was there wasn't a lot of like funniness going on you know right uh, musical musical choices or yeah or the uh, the cuts and scratches that he uh, produced it was all very uh, powerful which uh, yeah which especially in a, in a live setting was like you said just kind of mind-blowing yeah all right and then uh about right in we're in the middle of the record now and we get to uh we get to the oddball of, mm. of the uh of the group uh the song roots rap reggae with yellow man and uh i think you were mentioning that when you when you first heard this song it, it certainly wasn't your favorite yeah and yeah and i could kind of uh Agree with that, especially being being kind of blown away by by the beginning of the album, and then you get into this kind of mellow phase. And right. To, to be honest, I at that point I barely knew what like reggae was. Exactly. And, uh, and I had never heard. I mean, I think I heard, I've heard uh, uh, like some Bob Marley, maybe. Uh, yeah. Certainly. Uh, but I never heard 
some like reggae or dancehall style being mixed in with um, with what what I would call hip hop. In fact, again, that's something that I, don't, I think uh, maybe most people wouldn't even attempt these days unless you're like you know uh, Nas right the uh, Damien Marley project which is pretty dope but uh, I mean that's again that's 30 years later yeah so it's uh, it's just something that no other group had done and it's a uh, kind of a moment of of mellowness in the, in the middle of all this, these hardcore beats and rhymes and right. I think it's a kind of a tricky experiment that uh, could have gone sideways, but uh, but of course they're going to pull it off. I mean, it's Run DMC. They're not going to they're not going to put out anything that isn't uh, isn't to their standards. And yeah, it came out it came out really good. And you got Yellow Man talking about he doesn't doesn't use cocaine or drink. That, you know, right on. Okay, cool. <laughs> It'll hurt your brain. <laughs> right. Right, but there's a funny line too. Um, DMC you know, like starts off. He says, uh, "My homeboy Jay don't scratch reggae." <laughs> what? Like, so listen to Jam Master as the master starts to play, and when he goes, just check the show because he's scratching with the toe and even his elbow. <laughs> right, hilarious. It's like it's yeah. hilarious because they like. I don't know if they were like blazing up in the studio at that point or like, with, right. you know, with Yellow Man, but uh, they definitely got mellow for a minute, which I think is is nice because, yeah, it's a nice midpoint to the record because they, they they're gonna bring it again. It's like a breather. Uh, you know? <laughs> it is like a breather. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's a testament to the fact that again, like I said, this is a this isn't just a collection of songs. It's a uh, it's an album that really should be listened to uh, all together, right? To get the full impact of, of what these guys were doing, and it's it's easy to forget how, uh, how what well what a breakthrough this was in music in general. Um, like three black dudes bringing like hard rock guitar, you know, like that was that was like unthinkable. For one, yeah, thing, you know, I'm like, Phew. and uh, you know, they never look back, which is, uh, again, it's pretty amazing. Like, you, you, I guess, you know, that attitude, like, fedora wearing, leather wearing dudes from Queens, you're just like, yeah, we like Led Zeppelin. What, what about it? Right. All right. All right. So. So far, so good. Uh, track six. Can you rock it like this? This is uh, some, oh, some no, intrigue uh, about this too. Track six is your. Oh yeah, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm skipping forward. Go ahead. Oh yeah. Um, so this again brings something different to the mix, where um, basically. I didn't. I didn't even realize it until recently that uh, the song has a, a ghostwriter uh, lyrically. I, I had no idea. But Same as here. I was looking at the lyrics, I thought, well, this this sounds like a bit more, I guess, uh, complicated. Like 
or the uh, right. the word choices were seemed a little bit different than you know what I would usually expect from uh, Run DMC. And as I did a little bit of research, I, I found out that the reason it sounds different and it is that it was uh, the lyrics were written by LL Cool J for Run DMC for this album. And now it makes now it makes more sense, and now I can even appreciate this song a little bit more because uh, it definitely brings that like LL braggadocious flavor to uh, to these two guys, and, and they of course pull it off. Um, back to the heavy guitar riffs, Eddie Martinez coming through strong, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and because of the, um, I think the extra extra syllables yeah uh, lyrically that LL brings they like they just punch through the illusions of uh, like the underclass life it's kind of a dose of harsh reality uh, right kind of calling back to uh, Run DMC's early and LL's for that matter early uh, early street roots right Um, yeah you know uh the price of like the price of fame kind of coming in there yeah you know if I eat a little kid sticks his finger on my plate I'll be standing on the grass for three months straight like they weren't talking about that kind of stuff um, even a year before no um, no they were talking about hard times and it's like that no, I remember this Jet Set women offering favors <laughs> I remember this song from the Crush Groove movie and right. the, the scene, scenes in the movie where they're recording this in the studio, I thought were really cool. Um, and that's what it reminds me of when I when I listen to it. Um, yeah. Also, also um, uh, speaking of LL, uh, when I first heard "Going Back to Cali," I uh, I thought it reminded me of of um, of this song. Um, Can you rock it like this? And I don't. I couldn't explain why, but now I know why. <laughs> Oh right, right. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's it's interesting, you know, because <clears throat> they're getting into territory that's lyrically that uh, right. again is kind of new, where yeah. they're taught. I mean, because these guys, they've been on on tour around the world in the past, you know, previous year, um, and. Uh, you know, along with uh, LL, you know, they were all going through this together. And the line, uh, I'm straining, not complaining for a casual life, something normal, nothing formal, three kids and a wife. Right. I'm from the spying that you put me through, I perspire, I'm on fire when I'm thinking of you. And that's the line you said, it was like, oh yeah, that's LL. Yeah, for sure. Right, so they're like, they're like, they like, feel like they're losing touch with with their normal lives suddenly that now that they've gained this popularity where they're being bothered all the time but it it comes back to you know what I'm going to keep pushing I'm going to rock it like this <laughs> I'm going to keep yeah. going like right and uh, that's pretty dope uh, that is dope because it's a, it's a good lesson that doesn't really you know it's, it's a superficial thing that you hear the song can I rock it like this I can rock it like that but then in the verses, there's like there's some real substance about um, about what's going on, you know, what where they came from, and um, 
you know, the harsh reality of of uh, the famous life. Yeah. Where you, you know, it's it's very very cool. Like like I don't think people often give enough credit to to Run DMC for having um, really what would be now considered uh, conscious lyrics. Right. They were they were forerunners and that kind of stuff too. That's from true. the very beginning. From the very beginning. Talking about it's like that and hard times and uh, sucker MCs. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, damn. Right. Um. So then they follow it up with kind of another uh, slice of life track about. Uh, about the truths of people being taken advantage of, you know, on the streets, on the streets of hard times, I guess, you know, like, it's not funny. Where you, where you buy a house and you go to see it and it's a vacant lot. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then, uh, you know, musically, um, the drum machine is predominant again, and the, um, you know, the track's pretty sparse, but with, uh, got an, another innovation in here that I was I'm trying to think of another time that I've or the first time I'd heard anything like this where there's a soundbite sample yeah um, and, and in this case it's uh, it's Eddie Murphy saying haha very funny um, and Jay's cutting that in and uh if you didn't know what that was, like you, I guess you wouldn't know what it was, but because we were so into Eddie at the time too. Right. Like I remember when I heard it, I picked up on that immediately and I was like, oh my gosh, You're like Eddie Murphy is like in their song now. Like, and right. that kind of got me into the idea of, of using a lot of um, sound bites too when I was mixing. Like I, I remember like, um, getting comedy records and uh, deciding to like, like, like cut in like spoken word stuff to the tracks to the music to add a little flavor, you know, a little, little like, huh? Little, what's that? And right. Uh, so that was kind of that was kind of amazing too because again, going back and listening, I had forgotten that uh, that was in there. You know, it's like oh. This, <laughs> It was a nice recollection of uh, of my own history with DJing, and uh, I don't know. I just really appreciated like Jay's innovation with with using um, like that spoken word comedy soundbite in the song that actually makes sense in the song because it's not funny. <laughs> you know? Right. With because the line is "ha ha, very funny, motherfucker." <laughs> you had to cut that off because they were PG back in the day, you know. There was no, yeah. Uh, yeah, there was no none of that, none of that language. And uh, I mean, that's also something that's very interesting. You know, these guys are very, very uh, clean with their language, and you know what? Yeah. It didn't take anything away from it. Like, right? I'm not missing. I'm not missing like the cussing. I mean, I'm not exactly. opposed to it. Right. When I when I when I hear Run DMC, can you imagine if they started like throwing out like n bombs and stuff? Like it would just be weird. 
Well, they did um, live in concert that, you know, some of the oh, of course. interest of songs. But yeah, yeah, I can, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, yeah, it, yeah. And it, like you said, it, the, the music was so powerful and, you know, the, the lyrics were so strong that, you, you know, you, it, you didn't need it. Like, it didn't need it, you know? Right. But, can, but you know, because back then, um, Eddie Murphy being really popular and everyone knew what, what the word was next, you know? So it gave it, yeah. it was almost like, like filming the, like filming the, uh, like the murderer coming up to, to kill the other person and pulling away at the last moment to, for effect. Right. You know, you don't, so it, it almost makes it more powerful if you, if you let the, you know, you let your imagination go. Like maybe today yeah. people wouldn't get the reference, but it still right. sounds great. Oh yeah. But I think back, back then there was that extra added like, Oh yeah, I know what I know what comes next. And then you think about the bit that that was a part of, and uh, it, it makes it even more funny. In a song called "It's Not Funny," <laughs> brilliant, definitely. So then, uh, then the album wraps up with uh, Daryl and Joe. You know, like, like now they're coming clean. They're using the real names. Yeah. Final track. They're like, they're, it's like they're already moving on to the next step. Because um, it, it does, it moves away from kind of the the hard rock formula in, in some ways with a um, with a more full instrumental done by a production team um, called Orange Crush. And I think it's the most complicated track musically. There's yeah. a lot more. Uh, there's a lot more going on and. Uh, and it's really inspirational too, because it, to me it's like they're saying, "Yeah, look, we're Run DMC, but but we're really Daryl and Joe being Run DMC, and and you can you can do that too, you know, you can uh, you can achieve great things." Um, with hard work and uh, and practice. I mean, the opening line is like, Ryan says, well, I rehearsed for the verse and I remember one, not the best, not the worst, because my name is Run. And then DMC comes in, and I'm second, because I wreck it, that you want to see, and then see like D inside the place to be. And if you heard the third, and his name is Jay, I'm running the ace, D seduce, and Jay's a trick. Come on. <laughs> That's slick. That is slick. And they don't have to, they don't have to say they're the, they're the greatest. You know it just by, uh, right. you just know by their presence and, and what's going on and, and music and, you yeah. know, uh, and how powerful everything is. You know, again, again, um, Jay's, Jay's cuts are on point. Um, the music is awesome. It kind of builds up. You know, the keyboard, the key, you know, the synth lines. Um, right, got the inspirational just, synth line going. Yeah, it's just awesome how that 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 goes, and then yeah, and then it, you know, it breaks a little, and they they, they you know, uh, wrap a few lines, and yeah, it's just it's really cool. It's really, kind of like a sophisticated song for that time. It seems like you know, 
sure. Yeah, a little bit ahead of its time, you know, ahead of the curve. Uh, kind of in the direction like, where music was 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 going. Oh yeah, with the with that complicated like uh, polyrhythmic beat. Right. And exactly. Uh, right, and and so and they ended off. Uh, I mean, just it's amazing. Like DMC at the end of the song, he says, uh, "No matter what race, creed, or color." when we perform things don't get duller and then Jam Master J just cuts it up for the rest of the song and it fades out like yeah man like the intro you know this is the way we rock the house right they ended off with the the begins and ends with Jam Master J doing his thing awesome. like encapsulating this whole piece of uh of music it's not in, it's great cause it's nine tracks not bloated yeah. everything is no. in fact the songs their songs seem longer than they really are in a lot of ways sometimes because That's they're true. so full they're so full of uh, substance that man he's like he just keeps on going he keeps on going right. there's enough variation between tracks that it stays really interesting so yeah Definitely. Run DMC Raising Hell or excuse me King of Rock <laughs> I'm getting a little ahead of myself <laughs> they they well all right to be frank they were they were raising some hell on King of Rock and I you know I, I think I said that because I know what was coming next um and uh man that that really kind of blew the doors off I mean and could we I don't I don't want to get into that exactly but right their third album holy moly oh yeah Quick, quick question, Mark. What, did you hear the record first, or did you hear it on the radio first? Like, did you go out and buy the record without even hearing hearing the song, or did you had you already heard the song, uh, King of no, Rock, or uh, the album? No, I know. I I remember I was we were like talking about uh, who bought who bought this album, and I think it was right. me. And the re but yeah. the reason is because you had the first album. And we we listened to that a lot, and then we got um, one of us or we got the um, it's like that twelve inch, yeah. And and so that was enough. No, I hadn't heard any of it. That was enough to uh, to say, yeah, I'm, I'm getting the next thing that comes out, right? Because I, I do remember putting it on for the first time, just being like totally blown away because. It, it was so much more complete and uh, full than than what had come come before. Yeah, like it. In my eyes, like you know, as a 15 year old, like I realized at that point that oh, these guys are here to stay. Like this is something special because we had been listening to we had been listening to. Uh, early rap music well not early you know but early for us uh, two years prior right and uh, so so even though the genre was fairly new especially on the west coast um, we were we hadn't experienced years enough to know um, what was good and what was different already 
Yeah, I think, right. you know, I think that's what made us good DJs. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, if I can toot my own horn a little bit, toot your horn too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, I think that uh, I think that does it. Uh, the uh, maiden voyage of the Needle Through the Groove podcast has got our. We've got our first episode uh, in the books. Awesome. So, uh, any ideas about what's next? I've been thinking about it. Uh, not sure. Um, we'll have to do some more research to, uh, you know, to pick only the best. Right. All right. Well, until next time.